Oh, how was that, Chris? That was good. That was good. Thank you. Um, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It was the first day of classes today. Ooh, fun. Yeah. How was it? How were classes? They were good. I had both of mine today. So I, I did it to where I have my classes on Tuesday, Thursday, mm -hmm. and then I can go into lab Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Nice. But that's going to be a lot nicer. Than so. trying to go to class, go to lab, go to class, go to lab. Especially because class and lab are 10 miles apart. Yeah. That is a little unfortunate. Yeah. And it's more unfortunate because I don't have a good parking pass for campus. So it's literally better to just park at my apartment mm -hmm. and then walk. So it's a 45, like 40 to 45 minute commute from lab to class. Yeah. No. Bear. <laughs> What's Bear Bear doing? Do not need to be outside the room. <laughs> you are just fine where you are. Ma'am. wants to be warm. Ma'am, headbutting the door does not help you open it. It opens the other way. Does headbutting the door get you to open it? Uh, sometimes. Depends <laughs> how loud it is. <laughs> so. Come here. Come here. Well. Okay. Anyways. Here we are again. Just every oh. time Bear Bear says, meh, we're like, meh. meh. <laughs> it's like an meh. instinct at this point. Okay, keep your secrets. How have you been? What have you been up to? Been good. Science isn't working, so that's you know chill. Um, <laughs> Science isn't working for me either. <laughs> it's not like I'm getting a PhD in this or anything. <laughs> uh, um. Mm -hmm. But we actually. Oops, um, I dropped my croissant. Oh, that's a loud croissant. Jesus Christ. What? It was a battery. There's <laughs> no way you heard that. It was not loud. No, I did. Whoa. Can you hear the water? Yeah. Bear, I'm sorry. You're not going to have water for this episode. <laughs> I didn't know I was catching that. You yeah. should have told me. Oh my god. Oh no, I find it relaxing like you're by a stream. Oh, okay. Am I by a stream? This seems unprofessional. I'm gonna go pull the water out. Um have we ever been professional on this podcast? <laughs> you're right, but but elevator music pause. <laughs> there it is. There's that man. Good to have um, you back. <laughs> thanks. Oh, you want to know something fun I saw? Yeah. Um, on our podcast, 5% of our listeners are from Romania. <laughs> Shout out to Romania. <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa, that's kind of neat. That is kind of neat. It's only like one person with our fan base, but Shh, don't, hey, don't tell people that. Meh. Meh. 
well, we're boring this week. Do you want to hear a story? <laughs> Do you want to hear a story? Tell me a story, Haley. This is, wait, shit. I didn't search how to pronounce it when I meant to. Pause. <laughs> oh my! God. I'm not going to search how to pronounce any of the names. This is from Finland. Um, so, so we won't have any fans in Finland. So, so sorry, Finland. I'm going to butcher this. Lake Bodum in Finland. <laughs> um, okay, perfect. I feel like I'm transported there. Lake Bodum. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Bodum. Four teenagers. Oh, I think I know the story. From four teenagers? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> From um, a lake in Finland. Oh my god. Okay. So anyways, four teenagers set okay, off. Okay, a- how much true crime do you know from Finland? Like none, because there isn't any. <laughs> Precisely. That's why this I is, know this one. This is the only one. This is the <laughs> only true crime in Finland. <laughs> they had one crime and this was it. And this is their the only crime that's ever been committed in Finland, actually. <laughs> The police were like, what do we do? We've never worked a day in our lives. <laughs> How many murders are there in Finland? Oops, spoiler. Murders. <laughs> Oops, spoiler. <laughs> Finland. There were a total of 85 homicides in 2018. In all of Finland? In all of Finland. Could you imagine? I'm looking at Finland versus U.S. crime statistics. Oh my god. Wait, I'm sharing this with you. Fucking enable share screen. You don't have to use harsh language. I will. I'm upset right now. You should be able to share screen now. The murder rate in the U.S. is double. So is the rape rate. Oh, good. Oh my God, look at total crimes. The total crimes is so ridiculous. 23 times more than Finland. First, 23 <laughs> times more than Finland. Violent 20. crime, 91% more than Finland. Oh boy. Wow. You Anyways. USA. 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 So yeah, this is the only crime they had that year. Anyways, continuing on, four teenagers set out um, on a sweetheart's getaway camping trip on June 4th, 1960. So like especially the only crime they had that year because they didn't know about the other one because it was 1960 and people just could do shit that no one would know about. Um yeah. The two, there was, it was like a two sets of couples. Mm-hmm. So 15 year old, here it goes. You got An- this, I believe in Anjamaki and 18 year old Seppo Boisman and 15 year old Myla Bjorklund and 18 year old Nils Gustafsson. I'm not laughing at the names. I'm laughing at your pronunciation. I'm sorry. You did so good. 
okay the only one i feel confident on is bjorkland <laughs> anyways anja myla 15 year old girls dating uh-huh. seppo and nils 18 year old boys okay traveled to a well-known campsite that was located on the shores of lake bodum mm-hmm. um they arrived in the afternoon of june 4th and planned to all share just one tent so i mean there wasn't really anything to note that night at 10 30 okay oh i was going <laughs> i was going to say fair tents are expensive camping gear is expensive yeah at 10 30 p.m um the teenagers <laughs> go to bed like they get into their their tent and at 11 a.m the next day a man risto siren swimming in lake bodum found a gruesome scene of a bloody tent oh i don't i barely know what i would do if i like walked upon something like that Mm -hmm. to swim upon something (laughs) that's like you have to swim back yeah you're like oh let me let me backstroke like i I mean i know in 1960 they didn't have phones or anything like that but but they like he had to go find someone with a phone yeah he had to go find someone like like that's even that's worse somehow like he didn't he had to go he had to go swim back he had go, to go find someone with a phone find the police in his swimsuit <laughs> go find a landline did people have, people had landlines in the 60s right yeah yeah huh? did they landlines ex- existence really what yes they had landlines in the 1960s jesus christ <laughs> okay anyways so they had landlines so you had to go find like a house and had to be like, hey, I know I'm in my bathing suit, but I just saw the murder. <laughs> Anyways, poor, poor Risto. That's the only time we hear of him. I don't know why I named him. I just yeah. felt like he he had some notoriety. <laughs> His contribution needed to be known. <laughs> yeah, he had to work for that. So the police arrived by noon. Uh-huh. Um more than six hours after the victims had died. Okay. So both girls and one of the boys had been bludgeoned and stabbed to death through the tent. Through the tent. Uh-huh. Which is an important thing. Yeah. And the only survivor, Nils, was unconscious and severely wounded with a concussion, fractured jaw, and several broken facial bones. So like he was not there when they yeah. got there. Like yeah. they could have easily thought that was four dead bodies. Yes. Yeah. Both Anja and Seppo were found inside the tent, but Nils and Mila were found on top of the tent. Uh, Mila was naked from the waist down mm-hmm. and had the most injuries of any of the victims, including stabbing post mortem. Yikes. So. So I'm guessing that's, immediately the police are thinking this is a very personal yeah, attack. Kind of weird. Um, later on, a group of bird-watching boys <laughs> reports they had noticed the horrific scene at around 6 a.m., as well as a lawn van walking away from the area. And they just thought, I'm going to keep that to myself, I guess. 
what the hell? Like, I... What? Uh, I mean, I guess maybe they didn't have a landline. Hmm. I mean, do you, do you know how old the, the, these bird-watching boys were? No, it just said a group of boys. So, like, they probably... Oh, okay. And, like, if they saw someone walking away, maybe they were, like, scared. Yeah, um, no, that's what I was going to say is, like, it... I think it would seem reasonable that they would be fairly scared. Anyways, here's a picture of the crime scene. <laughs> Child. Child, anyway. Well, thank you for having a picture. You're welcome. I appreciate it. So you can see that that probably was like pretty intense to walk up onto or swim up to. Yeah, pretty, pretty traumatic. Pretty not great. Anyways, that's your picture. That. I don't know. I can kind of understand then just sort of running like, away. Yeah. We're and scared. remember, like the tent wasn't up. They had pulled that back up mm-hmm. because the bodies of, well, Nils wasn't dead, but his body was laying next to Myla's, who yeah. was on top of the. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to the investigation. So the I would think scene- so. They actually didn't invest, you know, I'm sorry. the crime scene, <laughs> yeah. as I said, was really weird, right? The attacker did not enter the tent, but blindly attacked from the outside. Which when, kind of contradicting my first point would be like, oh, maybe they like didn't know who it was and it was just kind of a random person, but. But then there's like this aggression towards Milo's this specific person. And so it almost then leads to the idea that whoever did this knew they were going camping mm-hmm. and knew there was going to be more people than just her. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting too that it was Mila and Nils, like they were a couple. Mm-hmm. Like the couples weren't split up in a way. Like the yeah yeah one couple was in the tent bludgeoned to death and one was outside of the tent bludgeoned and stabbed to death no that is bizarre like that seems like they knew but anyways maybe it was just a weird coincidence yeah so the weapons that were used like clearly a knife was used to stab them and Mm -hmm. then an unidentified blunt object was Mm -hmm. used to bludgeon the victims as well several items were missing from the crime scene like Nils's shoes oh, that's um, weird. some clothing then motorcycle keys but not the motorcycles huh okay some of the clothing items like Nils's shoes were also later recovered about half a mile from the crime scene hmm the only Just, thing I can think of with the motorcycle keys is like maybe someone took them so that if one of them were to run to the motorcycle they like couldn't go get they couldn't yeah yeah I mean I will say like that was my first thought too but I do think they probably thought they were all dead yeah I mean Nils was very severely injured well I'm not I'm not saying necessarily after the attack but like prior to the attack someone Mm, sneaking around the camp grabbed the keys taking the keys yeah yeah so get ready to be upset. Okay. The police failed to take official records of what they found at the scene, and they did not properly secure the scene. So when they left, the murder scene was destroyed by curious campers nearby. Good. Like it was just trampled. Okay. 
couple things. Yes. What the hell? I agree. Also, like, when are you out camping? You're like having a good old time, and someone's like, "There's been a murder over there," and you're like, "Oh, you know, it would really spice up this little weekend we're having." If we go fucking check it out at this crime scene. Well, you know how like they have that in a bunch of early murder cases, though. Too. I get. What the fuck is no? But I'm saying like, what is up with that phenomenon? This is like you know in early murder cases when like they wouldn't that wasn't like procedure, and people would just like go and be like, oh look at this gun that was used to shoot people. Like I would never think to do that, but apparently people really think to do that. This is what happens when people don't have TV and cell phones. They got to find something to entertain themselves. And that's crime and look for their nearest crime scene. Like, yeah. Certain. So then the police I mean, I guess, like, I guess you could say, you know, we do listen to true crime podcast and watch true we crime. We do. So, you know what? Deep down, I would be someone who would enter the crime scene. <laughs> Maybe we really haven't changed that much. Um, maybe I should so, hold my, withhold my judgment of these. Yeah, because maybe I'm just like them. The police were like, oh, shucks. We kind of fubbered up to that one, didn't we, Johnny? Gooped I don't know in. who Johnny is. I just made him up. He's a police officer. He's a um, police officer in Finland in the <laughs> 1960s. In the 1960s. He's our uh, scapegoat. He's our scapegoat. The buck stops here <laughs> at Johnny's desk. Um. What's his last name? A Bjork. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so they hired, they were like, we we fucked that one. Whoops. Let's hire soldiers then to find the rest of the missing items, like the weapons. Uh-huh. But they never found any of the items and they just ended up trampling the crime scene more. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. So really the only evidence they have is the tent still, but partially trampled. Mm-hmm. And they do know that there was a fifth person's DNA found in or on the tent. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. And they know the shoes were found like a mile or a half a mile. The shoes and the clothes. And some of the clothes. Some of the clothes. Some of, some of Nil's clothes specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. But basically, the crime scene just got ruined otherwise. That is so incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Like, here is this, like, brutal attack of these two, these four young people. And then, like, also the brutal rape of one of the young girls, too. Mm -hmm. And the police were just like, well, have at it, locals. (laughs) I could not. um, I mean... I could not imagine being the family members just with the scene that you've described, but then also with how the investigation was handled, I would be so extremely frustrated because you will never get any of that evidence back. Nope. Get ready. You'll get more angry. Oh, no. (laughs) You think you're mad now. (gasps) Let's get into the suspects. Okay. The first suspect was Carl Gilstrom. Mm-hmm. Carl, that kills people. Oh, Haley, no. <laughs> His nickname in town was the Kiosk Man. 
That's so ominous for some reason. <laughs> I know it's, it's probably just like his job. He was at a kiosk. But it was his job. He worked at a sounds, kiosk. It sounds like a B-rated horror movie. But he also was not a nice guy. Okay. So you can... You I mean, can he be, was suspected of murder, so... You can feel a little, a little iffy about him. So I'm going to read verbatim what I wrote in my notes here. Ran oh a nearby kiosk in the town that campers frequented, but also known for hating campers, smiley face. <laughs> like, why would you work in a town where campers go all the time, but hate campers? Carl, riddle me this. Like a teacher that hates children. Like, it does okay. not make sense. Witnesses claim he would cut down tents. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, did he hate campers because they were like disrespectful to nature? Like, did it explain why he no, hated campers? It was, I like read this one article that I had like translate and it was just like, it was just like the kiosk man, a, a threat to society. Like, it was. <laughs> so he, he just woke up and chose violence every day against these campers. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Legit, like he just was a violent person. Okay, sorry. Continue with your your quote. He uh, claims witnesses claims he would cut down tents, throw rocks at hikers, and some even say they saw him leave the murder scene, but were too scared to tell authorities because they feared him. Wow. <sighs> okay. okay. Things we do know he did. He hid razor blades and apples because there were boys that liked to steal his apples from his kiosk. Um, oh, he shot his shotgun at young people who drove their mopeds on his on his road, quote unquote, in front of his house or in front of his kiosk, like potential customers. How is this man still in business? <laughs> potential customers. He would throw rocks at like young like kids who would like like be on bicycles <laughs> like this man was like a minute like he was what an absolute hell? minute in 1972 you want to know the ironic thing yeah if he was throwing rocks at hikers he was probably also hiking he became what he hated most <laughs> sometimes you're a hero but sometimes you live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> Ooh. okay sorry what what else did this man do well, he killed himself. Why in would you let me say that? <laughs> in 1972, Carl admitted to the murders in his suicide note after drowning himself in no other than Lake Bodum itself. Uh, okay. So after that, police were like, hmm, okay, that's a little fishy. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, really did then, that too. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, and then they were like let's ask around and then people were like yeah sometimes when he gets really drunk he admits to it what how okay okay again several points um the first one again being what the hell yep how was this man not arrested earlier so he had actually been reported prior but not, e not even not even the murders though just like disturbing oh, the peace know. like you know that one guy who was like a real menace and then like the whole town executed him mm -hmm. 
I feel like it was one of those situations that he was just like a real menace and could just get away with anything because everyone was kind of scared of him. Okay. The police did investigate him actually a little bit, but uh-huh. his wife was like, it wasn't him. He was sleeping in the bed next to me that night. And the police were like, yeah, How this, does this man have a wife. I don't know. Probably she wasn't having a good life. But anyways, um, basically he just, he just was like, like his wife was just like, no, he was sleeping in the bed next to me that night. Like that's not that good of an no. alibi. Considering he's admitted it to multiple people, admitted it in his suicide note, people said that they think they saw him coming from the campsite. Considering that he literally threw rocks and would attack tents. And was, yeah, was known to attack campers and tents and stuff like that. And clearly hated, like, young people especially. Yeah. Um, But the DNA test has never been done. And can't now. That's so frustrating. So that's Carl, the kiosk man. The kiosk man. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. This is his name. It's probably not pronounced, so I'm going to pronounce it, but I cannot read it any other way. Then we get to Hans' ass man. Really? His name is spelled A-S-S-M-A-N-N. How am I supposed to say that other than ass man? Continue. Oh, Smon. So Hans was a rumored former KGB agent. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he was a bit of a recluse. Mm-hmm. Some people like he, he kind of seems like he just kind of became this one seems less legit. But maybe he was a recluse and people were kind of like made oh, stories I don't know about, about Hans. Yeah, like yeah. you know Hans, you know fucking Hans ass man. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Um, but essentially he was an alleged like former KGB agent mm-hmm. and according to like someone else they said he also served at, in like the SS which I'm like choose a like choose one what yeah those are a little conflicting and was a guard at Auschwitz and I'm like okay what what is happening so that's why I say I think that he's I think he was just probably like a quiet man. It sounds named, like named Hans, and people were like, "Listen, that dude." Yeah, it sounds like the rumor mill was working pretty hard. For so Hans. he did. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. He did live near Lake Bodum and only about five kilometers from the murder. So very easily he could have committed them. Mm-hmm. In that sense, in like a logistic sense. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I get I get what you're saying. So I'm gonna say this again with a grain of salt that some websites were like, and the chief inspector also suspected him of murders, and he also was tied to other unsolved murders in the area. But once again, I'm not sure how much of that was talk around the town or how much he actually is linked to other unsolved murders in the area. How many other unsolved murders were there? Like, there were, like, two 10 months prior okay. that they say he's linked to. But and he was, was not this, charged with any of these. Were these also campers, or was it just... Just in the area. Okay. Now, this is weird. The day after the murders, he did go to the Helens- Helsinki, Helsinki Surgical Hospital. 
yeah, covered in red stains and with dirt in his fingernails. Yeah, that's not a good look. The staff were like, he was nervous and aggressive. Um, and the police did end up questioning him, but they claimed he had a good alibi. I could not find what that alibi was. <laughs> yeah, please tell me what the alibi was <laughs> or the reason and... for the red stains and dirt under his nails. I mean, the dirt yes. under his nails, so the... but the red stains. The red, the clothes were never tested despite doctors being like, bruh, this is fucking blood. Like, this is blood on its clothes. Also, which if I'm going to trust anyone, a doctor would know what blood stains look like. Yeah. He also matched the description clothing and he was a blonde man with the right hair that the bird watching boys, you know, our crew, <laughs> described bird seeing watching. walking away from the scene. Interesting. Um, so, question, and you may or may not know this. Mm-hmm. You said Answer. that the clothes were found how far away from the campsite? Half like a, a mile. kilometer, half a mile. But his house was five kilometers. Were, were the clothes like half no a mile clue. closer to his house? No clue. I do not okay. know. That's fair. Um, Honestly, with how his investigation went, I don't think the police knew either. It, considering they said he had a good alibi. Um, just didn't even test. Didn't even test the fucking blood on his clothes. Well, the red stains on his clothes. Sorry. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> so that gets to just like another kind They're of- They're really scrolling spooky thing nils Uh someone from no caller id is calling me right now that's spooky the kgb i've said too much it started (laughs) with you talking about putin in the last episode and now now they're after you they can leave a message okay that's annoying anyway sorry my brain can't work when there's too many noises anyways (laughs) So Nils couldn't remember because of like his injuries. He like didn't remember the attack, mm-hmm. which like to be fair, he was found unconscious and with literally several fractures and broken bones in his face. So he yeah. was bludgeoned in the face. And I'm sure had lost lots of blood too. And like he also, was this on is just death's a door. dramatic event, and that can also lead to image. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he did a hypnosis and sketches were taken from that mm-hmm. of what he remembers the murderer looking like. So I have pictures. Hmm. So these are some of the sketches that under hypnosis. Like Aren't they creepy? They are. And cre- then the, the bottom, the bottom one is. Yeah, these not yeah. sicko mode. They're really unsettling. We'll post them on the Twitter, but they're like not quite right. It looks um, like the proportions are just not right. Like it doesn't look quite human. Almost. No. Yeah. So you want to see something spookier? Okay. This is from one of the funerals. Oh. Oh shit. So this picture from the funeral is like there's an unidentified man circled and it looks just like the drawings. And still he looks very non-human. I don't know why the fuck. <laughs> 
I mean, part of that, I could be like, it's sort of the graininess of the photo, but it, it is still very, very bizarre. And he does look like the drawings. Like exactly like the drawings. Yeah. It, you know what? Um, it almost looks skeletal because his, his eyes look kind of sunken in. They're so sunken. Yeah, you're right. So this is Hans, Hans ass man, which he kind of looks like the drawing too. I guess a little bit. But not as same. He does not look I, I the same not, as the man in the funeral picture. The nose is definitely different. Uh huh. But at the same time, we're talking about a sketch they made under hypnosis, and I don't know. That's like questionable. Yeah. No. 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 I completely agree. Um. I mean, I think they're interesting photos, and especially paired with like the funeral photo. Yeah. That's a little spooky. Scary. That is skeletons. very spooky. He has, a, um, he has a very wide mouth, like the person in the the drawing above, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, wide chin. Mm-hmm. Here, wait, can you go back down to Hans? Hans. Yeah, I wouldn't... I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it's Hans. Maybe he murdered other people. But I don't think he murdered these kids. So, anyways. Um, Based off that picture, I wouldn't say it's him. But there's all, again, unclear how much you should really trust the picture either. Alleged KGB SL. Oh, there's the tent nowadays. Anyways, um, I don't know why that jumped. Spooky. Stop share. So those were the major suspects until 2004. Oh. When, after 44 years, the police made an arrest. For the murders based on new analysis of the blood stains um, okay. on the tent. Now, you know, you've been introduced think... to the person. Who do you think it was? Mills. Uh-huh. They arrested yeah. Mills. That is insane. I, I remember <laughs> this because I remember thinking like, what? Um, but pl- please continue. Please, please tell, tell everyone else why yeah. this is like the stupidest thing any police officer has ever done. That's not true. Whoa, erase that from the <laughs> record. <laughs> um, anyway, why this? This is yeah. really shoddy investigative work. So they claim that Nils had an outburst in jealousy over his girlfriend. The police also claimed at the time of the arrest that they had suspected him all along. And that there had always been evidence. For 40 years? Mm, for 44 okay. years, they'd always suspected him. And there had always been evidence pointing towards him. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Yeah, no. They said that Nils had gotten too drunk. And that he was then exiled from the tent. Resulting in a fight between him and the other boy, Seppo. Mm. Which is where he got all of his facial injuries. In that fight with? Seppo. Okay. And then because Nils was so enraged by the fight. Mm-hmm. Remember, these were very severe facial injuries. Yeah, you said he had a broken jaw and a couple, like a fractured skull. Mm-hmm. And several yeah. other fractured facial bones. Yeah, no, that's... Yikes. Like, that wouldn't... You wouldn't just get back up, I feel like, after all that. No. But anyways, he I was so, so... He was so enraged... Uh, he was like, time to murder everyone. So then he 
bludgeons and stabs them all to death and then stages the whole fucking crime scene after stabbing himself because remember they didn't find the knife so he had to stab himself and then stage the crime scene with a broken jaw and facial bones and a stab wound and now self-inflicted stab wounds yeah i just what is their evidence for this other than just kind of a theory that's uh, there doesn't seem to be any i mean Um, that's fair they didn't get any evidence from this crime scene and he literally the thing that blows my mind about this is he literally would have had to okay get in a fight break the shit out of his face allegedly drunk as shit too then stab and kill everyone hide the murder weapons bring his shit like his shoes and his clothes a half a mile away throw other shit like the keys and stuff somewhere where no one ever found them all well gushing fluids because he stabbed himself yeah no it it just does not um, unless you are on something a lot harder harder than than alcohol alcohol. (laughs) it does not make sense so the new trial started in august of 2005 and the prosecution went for life but after a three-month trial nils was acquitted and awarded money for the damages of having to be in prison and literally being accused of murdering his friends and girlfriend after 44 years because that's literally so fucking traumatic and everyone was like what the fuck is wrong with you people this is so wrong and stupid and terrible there's no way he could have done this he was just like a bus driver could you imagine just the amount of trauma just resurfacing because of this trial that's gotta be just brutal yeah terrible so the main evidence and this is the blood analysis was that significant there the three murder victims their blood was on like nil's shoes but nil's blood wasn't on nil's shoes I, i don't think that i don't i mean is that strange yes and they're implying that means his injuries were at a different time. But, but also, maybe he like, also wasn't, or was it, it, was it on the shoes that were carried away from the campsite? Yeah. So no, that doesn't, it could have been that the blood was on the killer. They were carrying the shoes. It just got on the shoes then. Yeah. This just makes me so fucking mad. Like, this is so stupid. That literally like, makes they didn't no have, sense. They didn't have any motive to prove this. At this point, they had a fifth person's DNA at the campsite. And also, he doesn't remember the crime because he was, like, goofed. He probably had some traumatic brain injuries. Yeah. And so, like, I could... Who knows what happened? I mean, considering he was outside of the tent, what if the reason he didn't have blood on him is because when the attack started happening, he got out? Uh Uh-huh of the tent you know and I'm like even thinking you know I don't know whenever I go camping I'll sometimes just keep my shoes outside the tent oh yeah me too and so that could have just been it and then they were like he pretended to be unconscious what the whole time the police were there no no <laughs> no that also doesn't explain the person that other people claim they saw walking away it it doesn't explain like any of it. <laughs> that literally makes me so mad for him. I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly how um, the justice system works in Finland, but at least 
here, I think there would be reasonable cause for doubt. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, that is so incredibly frustrating. It, it sounds like it just like, it just wanted to close this case. Yes, and kind of make up for bad practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's completely what it was. So yeah, I mean, that's basically the main facts. It has been made into a film, a Finnish slasher horror film called Lake Bodom. Mm -hmm. And then also a Finnish death metal band called themselves the Children of Bodom, which is pretty fucked up. Ooh, okay. I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, that's kind kind of in poor taste. So is this a pretty heavy, heavily populated camping area, like a pretty popular? Yeah. Interesting. And no one heard anything or anything like that? Nope. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, it I seemed know. like it probably happened fast. Well, yeah, yeah. And just so Makes vicious. Sense. Yeah, it's considered one of uh, Finnish, like Finland's, Finnish, what the fuck, Finland's most like gruesome unsolved murder to, to this day. Yeah, under understandable. It is. It's very just gruesome. like who the fuck came and killed these teenagers camping at the lake by just randomly stabbing them through their tent. That's so fucked. Which, you know, it um, people who've like listened to true crime and all of this know the fact that it was a stabbing and a bludgeoning is just such a personal. It, mm-hmm. It's not like a gun or something like that, where there's yeah. a little bit of distance between the killer and the victim. And the fact that the weapons have never been found either. Yeah. Just, I mean, garbo trash job by the police. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. This Love is, it. This Live is it. one of those stories um, that I know will probably never be solved. Just at this point. At this point. Yeah. But it, it's one of those stories that makes me want to like get the evidence and like put it up and yeah put it know, all on your wall just look put it, it all on the wall and be like it's got to be here somewhere well it was trampled in 1960 but so frustrating i feel like out of the people you listed assuming that the third sort of mysterious man isn't real just because there's really no kind of evidence either way. I mean, there, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, there's no evidence like the, he really existed. <laughs> the hypnosis man, I just found that on a random website too. I don't know how real that is, but it was cool enough that I was like, man, well. No, I mean, it is interesting. And I don't know. Again, as someone who is, you know, interested in true crime and like listen to podcasts and stuff like that a lot of these older crimes, I feel like hypnosis is brought up and I always wonder how accurate it really is, you know? I don't think you can make, my understanding of hypnosis is you can't make up new memories. Yeah. But Um, I feel like you can- Influence. Influence and sort of misinterpret. Yes. So in the same way, like you think about the- even sketches just can be kind of goofed. Yeah. Like you think of the sketch of the Unabomber. The most infamous sketch of the Unabomber is not of the Unabomber. Mm-hmm. It's about like the delivery man or, or the police, the first police officer that came to the scene. That was it. And yeah. our memories just goof things. Just put the two it, during a traumatic event, put the two things together. Yep. 
yeah, I don't know. This case, I mean, it's definitely, it's interesting. It's also just very sad and extremely, extremely frustrating. So frustrating. Who knows? Maybe, maybe in a couple of more years, we'll come up with technology that we didn't know would be a thing. Like, you know, we never knew DNA would be a thing and we'll come out with something. Yeah, that will solve, solve some of these some of these crimes. Yeah, but that's the that's the most infamous murder, unsolved murder in Finland. Well, <laughs> thanks. I guess I don't You're know. Welcome. Thanks for the story. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. If you would like to hear a specific story, you can email us at mystery mountain podcast at gmail oh my god i'm yawning at mystery mountain podcast at gmail.com um and we'll post the photos on the twitter and that is at mystery mtn pod yeah also please oh great yeah rate and subscribe yes please because it helps us again feel free to reach out to us on the email either to suggest stories or just say hi we're also fine with you just saying hi we'd love it yeah so thank you again thank you to all our romanian listeners (laughs) shout out to romania shout out to to finland too loki i don't think we have any finnish listeners but just you know why not eventually maybe one day fingers crossed you gotta you gotta believe it that's why I said one day. You said fingers crossed. I did believe it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Mystery Mountain. Bye.